Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Enjoy it while it lasts. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Uh-huh. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. The Weekend Wager with Anita Marks starts now. What's up? What's up? It's Weekend Wager. Brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. And, yes, it is Valentine's night. And, uh, you know, make the girl work. Make, make, make the solo female on here, on air host here at 98.7 ESPN work on Valentine's Day. Yeah, let's do that. Because I just drove in from Bristol, Connecticut. Cause guess what? Host of Daily Wager, Doug Kazarian needed Valentine's Day off. So again, make the chick work. Yep. This is the society we live in now. What's up, guys? We got Joel and Jacob who are working the show on the opposite side of the glass. I hope your girlfriends, your wives, whatever, uh, I hope they're... You're talking to two single men over here. So, you know, we're right in the boat. Like, we're all here working. (laughs) We're not really missing out. All three of us here, you know? (laughs) Oh, that's cute. That's cute. All right. Well, hey, um, I'm not bitter. I mean, listen, I'd rather this way than the opposite. That's for sure. So uh, I just drove in from Bristol, Connecticut, hosted Daily Wager earlier today. So um, full disclosure, and you guys know I, I try to book, I, you know, because Daily Wager, we we try to, we want to like, what is it? What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, we want not consistency, but um, not collaboration, but when when like two worlds kind of like gel. We want both of those things. I know, but there's a word out there that I'm searching for. Uh, so... Daily Wager is the TV show that airs on ESPN2 Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. And then sometimes on the weekends, especially during football season. And We Can Wager, obviously, is the wagering show that airs here on 98.7 ESPN on Friday nights from 10 to midnight. And so typically what I've been trying to do is book the the uh, the talent that we use for Daily Wager on this show. And wouldn't you know, every single dude that I asked to be on the show tonight was like, oh, Anita, my wife would kill me. I can't. I just can't. So, uh, so unfortunately, we have no guests for the show today. Um, so we came up with the brilliant idea to take clips from the Daily Wager show and play them on the Weekend Wager Show. So that's what we're going to do today. So uh, we're with you for the next hour and 45 minutes. Um, I'm going to do a deep dive into the XFL Week 2. And by the way, I do want to open up the phone lines. I would love to hear from you guys and gals out there. Maybe there's some gals out there that aren't doing much for Valentine's Day either um, or Valentine's night. 800-919-3776 is the phone number. 800-919-3776. I'm curious. Like, like I loved Week 1 of the XFL season. I really did. And probably a big reason why is because you were able to gamble on it. And not only that, but like it's a league that like embraces gambling. Uh if if you if you didn't check it out in week 1, you should try to check it out tomorrow. So here are the games on tap. You've got the New York Guardians in DC taking on the DC Defenders. 
Uh, that game is at two o'clock, and then a little bit later on, I say five o'clock kickoff is uh, is the Tampa Bay Vipers in Seattle taking on the Seattle Dragons. And then on Sunday, your games are the Dallas Renegades. I can't even get, is this amazing that we're only in week two and I already like know what their, um, team names are? <laughs> I'm scaring myself right now. I'll be totally honest with you. Like, I don't even remember when my mom's birthday is, let alone. This is why you're so good at your job, Anita. Yeah. Okay, Joel. I love you. <laughs> How do I even know what these names are? Uh, the Dallas, just degenerate over here. The, the Dallas Renegades going up against the Los Angeles Wildcats. Uh, that's your first game on tap on Sunday. And then, uh, and then St. Louis going up against Houston. That's your second game. So, uh, those are your matchups this week. But I'm curious if you did tune into week one, what did you think about it? I love the fact that this is a league that finally gets it and they're embracing gambling more than anything else. I mean, you're sitting there and you're watching on the graphics, let alone it's sharing what the point spread is and what the over under totals are. So, um, I just I think it's I think it's awesome. And I was I was talking to an NFL scout today on my drive up to Bristol and I was asking him what he thought about it. And um, he said and, he, you know, he was spot on. He said, listen, it was the perfect time for them to to start their league, which was the weekend after the Super Bowl, because it's around this time. Right. Like it's like it's you know what it is like. This is my best analogy, Jacob, is like, you know, what in a breakup. You know, when you break up with somebody, yeah. you know, obviously like, like that first Friday or Saturday night when you're used to like date night is that's the hardest, like in time, we'll all get used to the fact that there's no NFL for another, how many, no, how many more months, right? Like, like we'll get used to it. Like, we'll just, we'll kind of like, like with anything time heals everything. Right. And so, and so that's how. We will feel about the NFL. So this weekend, this past weekend was, was probably a really, really difficult pill to swallow that there was no NFL. So it was brilliant for the XFL to launch their, their first weekend, the Saturday after Super Bowl weekend. You know what I mean? It was just like a really perfect timing for us. So we're not jonesing so much. So, um, so I just, I think there were a lot of, and of course there's some familiar names like Cardell Jones, quarterback for, uh, the DC defenders. And, um, you have, uh, um, Aaron Murray, who is the, uh, quarterback for the Tampa Bay Vipers, who by the way is not going to play this week. We're going to get into that. And Landry Jones, who really is, he has got his, his XFL debut on Sunday. And he's really supposed to be the face of the XFL. So that's going to be interesting. So anyway, uh, I'm going to have some XFL picks for you. Matt Humans is going to have some XFL picks for you. He was on Daily Wager with me, and I have that clip that I'm going to play for you. So we'll dive into XFL, get you ready for some weekend football. Also, believe it or not, I know, the, I know one of the biggest topics of discussion right now is where's Tom Brady going to go? Where, what's Philip Rivers going to do? Well, there are actually some odds out there. You could actually gamble on where you think Tom Brady's going to land and where Philip Rivers, where you think Philip Rivers is going to land. Pretty amazing. So I do want to dive into that. I've got cuts from Adam Schefter and uh, Keyshawn Johnson pertaining to Philip Rivers, as well as Jeff Darlington. Uh, Stephen A. Smith, Will Kane in regard to Tom Brady. So we'll dive into those and I'll share with you what those odds are and where I think you should be laying your money. I've been saying for two months now, I think it's Tennessee. 
I really do. It's going to be interesting. Also, we have the Genesis Invitational that's taking place right now, heading into uh, weekend action. And uh, so really excited about that. Tiger Woods started strong yesterday, was plus two today, but he did make the cut. Good for Tiger. But we'll get into heading into tomorrow where if, if you're interested in laying some coin on on the Genesis Invitational, I'll, uh, I'll share with you the golfers that I think would be really, really good plays for you guys um, heading into the weekend. And I also I will share with you what my DFS lineup is and uh, what else we have going on. NBA All-Star Weekend. That's right. So some new changes. So we're going to hear from Brian Winhurst uh, and uh, and also some picks from Joe Fortenbaugh and Preston Johnson. Also, the dunk contest. We'll hear from Doug Kazarian and Legler. Team LeBron against Team Giannis. Interesting. Also, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Lakers have some new win totals out. And I, I do have some analysis on that. So a jam-packed show. Uh, we're, you know, considering it's Valentine's night and couldn't get a guest tonight, um, I'm still feeling pretty solid that we're going to put together a nice show for you with some really, really good information in uh, in in heading into this weekend. So I'm Anita Marks. Again, we have uh, Joel and Jacob that are working the show on the opposite side of the glass. Uh, the XFL, like I said, we've got four games on tap. Where where do they stand right now? Let me share with you those odds. Again, you have the New York Guardians. On the road, going up against the D.C. Defenders. D.C. is at home, and they're favored by seven and a half. Now, I got this line at six and a half. I, I'm on the side of the D.C. Defenders. I got it at six and a half. It's gone up to seven and a half. What does that tell you? It tells you that uh, money flow is, is is heading towards the D.C. team. They're just stacked. I'll get into all the reasons why I'm on that side of the coin as well. Tampa Bay Vipers are on the road. They're in Seattle. Now this line, this line opened up at three. Seattle was a home dog. I got them. Seattle, and and that's that's really that's key. By the way, you know it's 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 what it's it's not always great to wait till the last minute uh, to to start, especially if you know to, to wager on especially football games and, and whatnot because you know once once the sharp money's out and everybody knows where the sharp money's going, um, then lines begin to move. So. Uh, I was able, fortunate enough, to get the Seattle Dragons plus three, and that was on Wednesday. Uh, that line now is Seattle at home hosting the Tampa Bay Vipers. No Aaron Murray. So uh, Quinton Flowers um, and Troy um, <laughs> Car- Car- Carpinius or uh, – no, whatever. Um, Mark Trestman, who's the head coach of the Vipers, is going to kind of have like a quarterback by committee, but he's going to start with Quinton Flowers. So anyway, I, I think this is a recipe for disaster for the Tampa Bay Vipers, who, by the way, this is this will be their second road trip. They uh, last week they came here to New York to take on the Guardians. Now they had, then they had to go back down back down to Tampa and then get on another flight and go all the way to the Pacific Northwest uh, and take on the Seattle Dragons tomorrow. I don't think it's I, I I think the wrong team is favored here. So Seattle right now that line is Seattle at home home dogs at plus one and a half. And then on Sunday three o'clock you've got the Dallas Renegades in Los Angeles. Dallas is favored by four. We get back. I'll tell you all the reasons why. Um, it's uh, a lot of drama out there in Tinseltown, and I will uh, tell you what has gone on the past five, six days with the Wildcats. And last but not least, uh, the St. Louis Battlehawks 
in Houston. Houston, really, P.J. Walker, their quarterback, tossed four touchdowns last week, looked great, had a 103 QB rating. So Houston, I think, surprised. Here's the thing. Tampa and Seattle, well, Tampa was very disappointing. Seattle was surprisingly better than I think what a lot of us thought. And Houston was extra, like, talk about surprise. I, I mean, Houston, a lot better than what I think a lot of people were anticipating. So Houston at home, favored by seven and a half against St. Louis. So those are the lines right now. We're going to take a quick break. We come back, uh, and I know we've got a caller who's uh, trying to get on board. We'll get to you when we get back as well. 800-919-3776. You want to jump on? We're going to talk XFL. I'll share with you all the reasons why I'm on what side of the coin I am with all four of these games. We'll take your calls. Uh, we'll hear from Mike Golick as well as Diana Rossini in regard to the XFL. And also, is, is there a play in the XFL this week that you really love? Maybe there's an over-under. Typically, the over-unders, last week, over-unders were high. They were like anywhere between like 53, 52. This week, they've come down a little bit. Over-under in the Guardian Defenders game, 47. Tampa and Seattle, 43. Seattle in, uh, I mean, Dallas Renegades and the Wildcats, the Los Angeles Wildcats, 47 and a half. And then St. Louis and Houston around 49. So out of all the, all the four teams, not one of them are in the 50s, which is nice. And I think that's kind of on point. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Meeting with the players was probably the first sign that I, I should have bought into it more immediately because they just kept talking about their passion for playing. Um Whereas I thought it would be more about trying to show that they deserve to be in the NFL. They kept talking about brotherhood and family and it, it, it was, it was refreshing. And I think it was contagious around us because once we got there and we saw all the fans and the guys were so ready in pregame, there was a, there was an energy and a vibe in DC. And as somebody who's been to a lot of Redskins games at FedEx Field, um, there was a better, um, energy at Audi than I, have ever felt at FedEx Field. That's Diana Rossini um, on Golik and Wingo talking about the uh, XFL players' passion, um, getting an opportunity to play. Boy, God bless. So Diana will be on the sideline again this week, so make sure you tune into that. Here's Golik Jr. talking about the XFL week one and how it's only going to get better. Still talk about, well, it's going to take a few weeks until you see the team out there, yet people want to crush last year the AAF or this year the XFL in week one saying, oh, the football's not very good. The football was was pretty good. Listen, was it great? No. Was it peewee football awful? Oh, my God, no. It was It was good football as I tweeted out, is only going to get better when these guys are together longer with reps. What sets it apart, and I agree with both of you on this, is you know where to find it. We are habitual. Again, that's uh, Mike Golick, not Mike Golick Jr., Mike Golick on Golick and Wingo. That's his show. Uh, Mike, I apologize. Uh, let's go to Brian in West Palm. Brian, welcome in to uh, We Can Hi. Wager. Hi, Anita. I enjoy talking. I, play, I told you I grew up in Westbury, Long Island, and I Attended Florida State and played baseball at FSU. Uh, what do you think of my? First of all, I'm a big uh, Giant fan, and I read in the New York and the Palm Beach Post and the Sun Sentinel here in Lauderdale. The Yankee, uh, the Giants at number four are going to draft the safety out of Clemson, and I really like them a lot because I 
went to FSU and I go to the Florida State games, I watch them on TV and I was wondering what you think of the Giants because I'm a big Giant fan. I've been a Giant fan since 65 with Fran Hodgson when I was going to Catholic school in Westbury. And I really love my Giants just like the Yankees. And I want to see the defense get better. And what do you think about you know the Giants opening a checkbook and uh, spending some money on like some linebackers we haven't had a dominant so so okay, here so Brian here's the thing um, I, I just called up the draft order okay um, so Cincinnati would has the first pick obviously we know that they're going to go with Burrow right right um, Washington has the second pick and we're all anticipating Ch- the, Chase Young Chase Young right so Detroit is sitting there at three. And, you know, there's some, some talk and speculation that Detroit is going to draft a quarterback because Matthew Stafford, his back, is not well. Right. So, and, and they, let's be honest, they need a quarterback for the future. So what's going to happen now is Herbert and Tua are going to be sitting there. And chances are Detroit is either going to get an unbelievable offer for someone to move up in their spot at three and, right. and, and get Tua. Now, could that be the Dolphins that are sitting at five? Now, here's another thing for you. The Chargers are sitting at six. They've already said no more Phillip Rivers. Now, I know they're saying that that Tyrod Taylor could be their starting quarterback. Okay, but they need a quarterback for the future. Here's another one for you. The Carolina Panthers, they're sitting at seven. And apparently the owner is not committed to Cam Newton. So right there, you've got the Detroit Lions, depending on what they want to do for the quarter as for their quarterback situation and you've got the giants that are sitting there at four who are you know head over who who heels goo goo madly in love with daniel jones they don't need a quarterback and then you've got the dolphins at five the chargers at six the panthers at seven wow uh that's mm. really and then and then not only that you've got the raiders at 12 apparently what we're hearing is gruden is like over Derek carr can't wait to ship him out of there well it's, it's now the las vegas raiders let's be honest um, you've got the Tampa Bay Bucks at 14. Again, chances are they're going to move on from Jameis Winston. Uh, does Philip Rivers sign there? I'm hearing that that's the more than likely landing spot for him. So I just share this with you to say the Giants are in a really phenomenal place because there's a really, if, if, if Washington takes Chase Young and there's a really, really good opportunity that Either or Tua or Herbert are going to be available at four for some team. Now, here's the thing, Brian. Call me crazy. It's fine. I think Herbert is the best quarterback in this draft. I think Herbert is better than Joe, and I think Herbert is better than Tua. Now, if there's other scouts out there that feel the same way I do, and Herbert is still on the board at four, Brian, Giants are going to get an offer they can't refuse. Now, now the, now the question is, how far do they move down? Um, I think they'd be happy moving down no further than seven. And I think at seven, they could sit there and see how the draft has materialized. And, and but here's the thing, Brian, they, 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 they drafted Daniel Jones last year for their quarterback situation. They're going offensive linemen, dude. They're going offensive linemen. So, um, so is there an offensive lineman that's going to be available with, with, you know, all we're hearing is like phenomenal wide receiver class, phenomenal DB class, really deep with the wide receivers, really deep with the DBs. This right, is a, they need, can I just interject a second? The Giants wasn't their problem with offense, really. It was a problem we didn't have 
defensive ends to put pressure on the quarterback and our linebackers. But but Brian, so, but Brian, here's the thing. I, I'm I'm I don't think that was the problem. The problem was the coaching staff, Brian. That's what the that, that's what the problem was. Um, from what I understand, this this new regime that has come in, they actually it, it's it's a young secondary. But from what I understand, this new regime and in, in, in coaching staff that's come in, they do like these DBs. So, <laughs> um, I think the Giants are going to be in the market to draft a, a, a lockdown left tackle that's going to be able to ride it out with Daniel Jones for the next decade. And can the can can that player still be on the board for the Giants? Let's say around seven. And I think I'll be honest with you. I think they can. So that's what I anticipate. I I anticipate the Giants to trade down, which, by the way, um, I'm going to be heading to Indianapolis for the combine. Um, I'll be out there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I come back Thursday and hopefully with a ton of really great information, because don't forget, as we get closer to the NFL draft and also another thing, while we're out there for the combine, the week I want to say what when does when does uh, free agency start like m- like March 12th, March 15th, something like that guys. Um so while you're in Indianapolis and where it should be like 100% about the the collegiate players that are there that are, you know, running fast and lifting weights and do March 13th. Thank you very much, Joel. Um, so while you're at the combine and you would, one would assume that it's all about these young players trying to make a name for themselves so they get drafted high up, really a lot of the talk at, at, in Indianapolis is all about for agency because you've got all the agents there. You've got all the general managers there. You've got the owners there. And so the buzz around Indy isn't just about the players. It's about free agency because before you know it, we get back from Indianapolis and boom, like a few days later, um, 13 days later, two weeks later, it's free agency and it's, it's, it starts rocking and rolling. So hopefully I'll come back with a, a ton of information and this day and age where we live in, you're able to wager on where certain players are going to land. And I, we are going to get into that in the show because there are um, odds out there where people think that uh, Tom Brady's going to land, where possibly Philip Rivers is going to land. Those are the odds that are out there right now because those are two of the biggest storylines, of course, because they're quarterbacks and quarterbacks that are in the discussion of we know Brady's going to get into uh, Canton. Uh, we don't know if Philip Rivers is or not. Some people say yes. Some people say no. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, this is Brent Musburger, and you're listening to Anita Marks on the Weekend Wager. Thanks, Brent. You are listening to Weekend Wager, presented by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. All right. Uh, one of the biggest storylines is uh, where is Tom Brady going to go? Uh, let's play some clips for you if you missed uh, some of uh, the ESPN um, talent throughout the week talking about where Brady might go. Um, well, first and foremost, let's listen. This is Danny Woodhead on Golik and Wingo. You know, the, 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 the way I look at it is, man, I was in the league for 10 years. And after the 10th year, absolutely nothing surprises me about the <laughs> NFL. Like, there, there's nothing. Like, there's guys getting cut that shouldn't be cut. 
Um, I felt like there were times that I got fired that I was like, this doesn't really make sense, but, oh, well, it's the NFL. We'll figure it out. Um, so, yeah, that's that's just the NFL. Not, not a lot of stuff makes sense. There's a lot of times that people, uh, get, like I said, get fired, and they shouldn't get fired, but uh, but they do. And if, if, if Tom wants to go play another place, I, I love New England. The time that I was there, I was very blessed. But, like, I see it as who cares. So that's Danny Woodhead uh, on Golic and Wingo. Uh, so Tom Brady, uh, the you could again you could wager on where Tom Brady's going to go. Right now, the favorite is the Patriots, staying at home and playing for the Patriots minus four hundred. But the more I'm I'm hearing players who are in the know, ex players that are no longer playing in the NFL but still have some deep seated connections in the NFL and now are uh, working with a variety of media are saying no way does Tom Brady go back to the Patriots. So I do not believe that he's going to be back with the Patriots. Now, a lot of people think that it could be the Chargers. Chargers have moved on from Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers has taken um, his wife and his uh, 100 children. Just kidding. I think it's, what, is he up to 10 now? And it was nine. Is, didn't he just have one this season, this year? Isn't he up to 10? And they're all homeschooled. How does that work? Like recess, lunch break? Wow. What do you do there? Anyway, um, so the Chargers pretty much wide open uh, for Tom Brady. And, of course, it's Los Angeles. His wife is beautiful. I'm sure there'd be a lot of opportunity for her uh, in in Los Angeles to do whatever she wants to do. Um, the Chargers also have a lot of talent. Uh, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, perhaps they keep Hunter Henry there. He's a free agent, by the way. A really solid wide receiving core. Here's Eric Williams on first take talking about is Brady a fit for the Chargers? He's older than Phillip is. Um, he'd have to come in and learn a new system and, and play for, for coaches he hasn't played before uh, and for a different franchise when he's been with the same franchise his entire career. So some of the things make sense. But, um, again, I think they need to get a younger quarterback that's going to give them the chance to compete against Patrick Mahomes for the next decade. I think it makes more sense for them to look for that replacement uh, through the draft. Again, that's Eric Williams. Um I don't know. I just don't – like, could it happen? Would I be shocked? No. I just – and by the way, that is at, at uh, 10 to 1. 10 to 1 that he's going to land up in Los Angeles with the Chargers. There's also some talk and speculation that the 49ers would rather go uh, for Tom Brady. He's from the Bay Area, grew up a huge 49ers fan, but they have Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm sorry, Jimmy Garoppolo isn't the reason why the 49ers lost the Super Bowl. The reason why they lost the Super Bowl is because uh, the, the unfortunate play calling yet again. Um, but nonetheless, I don't see him going to the 49ers. Um, the Saints, no. The Bucks, no. I think Rivers is going to go there, but we're going to get to that in just a second. The Colts, a possibility. Apparently, uh, they're not sold on Jacoby Brissett, but something's telling me that that's not the case. Now, here's where I do believe he's going to go. I think the Tennessee Titans are the perfect fit. They don't need to spend a ton of money. They have a good offense. Heck, you see Tom Brady with Derrick Henry in the backfield. You're going to hold. You're going to you're, you're going to hand the ball up to Derrick Henry at least 25 times a game, uh, and he's a big enough threat. And then, like I've been talking about, uh, Patriots linebacker Mike Vrabel um, is a former teammate of Tom Brady. So my money is on the Minnesota Vikings, and uh, that. Right now, that's at uh, plus 1,900. 
So um, that's where I think Brady's going to go. That's just my two cents. I don't believe it's going to be Miami. Um, here's here's another one for you, and, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. There's been so, some talk that the Dallas Cowboys would be interested. That we know that they have not agreed to a long term deal with Dak Prescott. Reports are that if they tag Dak, that Dak is going to hold out and he's not going to come to training camp. Here's Will Kane talking about the possibility Dak for Brady. Um, is that good business? If you were running the Dallas Cowboys, which option would you select? Option A, extend Dak Prescott at $37 million a year. Option B, franchise trade and sign Tom Brady. Franchise Dak Prescott, trade him away, and we can discuss for what, and sign Tom Brady. Now, many people hate this discussion. A lot of people I respect, a lot of guys on Twitter and in the Dallas media, hate this discussion. Because it's quite obvious the Dak Prescott was better than Tom Brady this year. Add to that, he has all the intangibles, the locker room, and he's younger. Why would you move on from Dak Prescott to Tom Brady? But I don't think the conversation is ridiculous, and I don't think it is irresponsible. I want to reiterate, I choose option A. I extend Dak Prescott. But I think that scenario has to be thought through. I think that thought experiment must be entertained. I think that is smart business. Again, that's Will Kane. You can listen to him, his show on uh, on national ESPN radio. And, you know, he, I, I think he is on to something. Again, I just don't see that happening. By the way, uh, you can bet that uh, Tom Brady lands in Dallas for plus 2200. Uh, last but not least, how about the Raiders? Uh, this actually has gotten some buzz. Again, I don't see it. Raiders moving to Las Vegas. They'll no longer be in Oakland. You go from Bill Belichick to Chucky. Uh, let's listen in. This is Jeff Darlington on Golik and Wingo. The ability to collaborate with John Gruden. Uh, one of the things that I believe Tom Brady is looking for is a coach that is willing to give him some creative, uh, license within the offensive game planning. And, and I very much believe the Raiders are interested in Tom. And I believe that if they were to sell it right to him, he'd be interested in them. Interesting. So the Raiders, by the way, plus 7,500. So Patriots are favored minus 400, Raiders plus 750, Chargers plus 1,000, Dolphins plus 1,400, Colts plus 1,900, Tennessee Titans as well plus 1,900. That's where my money's lying. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys plus 2,200, Chicago Bears plus 3,400. And uh, is he going to retire? That's plus 3,400 as well, just FYI. So uh, that's where you could spend your coin if you want to kind of play the, the broody roulette, Brady roulette game. Now, what about Philip Rivers? Now, we know the Chargers have moved on from Philip Rivers. This is Adam Schefter on SportsCenter talking about what is next for Rivers. What now is he becomes a free agent. And he becomes part of this really intriguing, highly decorated quarterback free agent class that's scheduled to hit the market when free agency begins in the middle of March. You're talking about Philip Rivers and Tom Brady and Dak Prescott and Ryan Tannehill and Drew Brees and Taysom Hill and Teddy Bridgewater and Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota and on and on and on. We've never seen a quarterback free agent class like this. And this today is the official word that doesn't surprise anybody, really, that Philip Rivers will, in fact, be a free agent. I think everybody expected this. Philip Rivers left the San Diego area at the end of the season, moved his family, his nine children, to Florida. We all knew this was coming. And I think both sides obviously had different ideas for the 2020 season in mind. Now, Philip Rivers, like I said, uh, he moved from uh, California to Florida. And from what I understand, he's in the Tampa Bay area. Bruce Arians, head coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks, not committed to Jameis Winston. 
Could the Tampa Bay Bucks be a good fit? Uh, let's listen in. This is uh, Adam Schefter talking about where Rivers could end up. You look at Tampa Bay. You look at Indianapolis. You look at a group of teams that have questions right now at that position where Philip Rivers has to ask himself if he sees himself as a fit and could be the difference for one of those teams. And they have to ask themselves if they see Philip Rivers as the guy that can get those teams to the next level. But this is all going to be one big game of quarterback carousel. We don't know where it's going to stop. And a lot of it starts with Tom Brady, frankly. Again, I, I think the Tampa Bay Bucks is uh, the realistic landing spot for Philip Rivers. And again, they are plus 1,700. The Colts, they are in the equation as well. That is plus 200. There, here's Keyshawn Johnson on first take talking about would Rivers be a good fit with the Indianapolis Colts. But when you talk about a team like the Indianapolis Colts and you look at what they are capable of doing with Frank Wright, his former quarterback coach, co-offensive coordinator who helped game plan when he was with the Chargers, has a great relationship with Phillip Rivers. We had a guy named Vinny Testaverde. Vinny Testaverde lit it up. And he was a statue, and everybody kept saying it was time for him to retire. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. What they do in Indianapolis is they retool the receiver position. You got T.Y. Hilton. You go out there, and one of my favorite receivers in this draft, kid from Clemson named T. Higgins. Mm -hmm. Remember that name. You give him that big target to go along with T.Y. Hilton, you're talking about something. Again, the Colts plus 200 for a landing place for Philip Rivers, which uh, Mike Golick feels that that's a no-brainer. I mean, let's let's we're just, you know, killing time here saying some of the other teams. It's the Colts, right? I mean, it's the Colts. He and Frank Reich have a great relationship. Reich was with him in, in uh, with the Chargers in San Diego. They're together. You have Jacoby Brissett, who is going to be a backup to Andrew Luck. He got starting. He got, he got, was a starter this year, but he's nowhere near making starter money. What about 15 million a year? We've seen 15 million dollar, 20 million dollar backups in the league. Well, especially for Indy, who's drowning in capital. Oh, it's exactly still. right. Yeah. He goes there. They have that relationship. If he starts turning the ball over again, if you have the fear that it's his arm and he's turning the ball over, you put Jacoby Brissett back in. You have him under contract. He's not going anywhere. You have a great offensive line. You have a running game. And you have a defense that was better than people thought. To me, that would be a no-brainer. So interesting. And what a world we live in that we can actually wager on where Tom Brady and Philip Rivers is going to play football next year. I just love it. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks back with you. You're listening to Weekend Wager presented by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. Uh, I just got a tweet. Uh, from a guy named Doug. He's like, Jim and I in the house, I would think that there are more September babies because of New Year's Eve. Hmm. Interesting. But isn't it like, it's like Valentine's, like Valentine's Day. Aren't you like forced to, you know, knock boots? Like, isn't that kind of weird that... <laughs> Isn't it kind of weird? Like you go, like, majority of people go out. You take your wife or your husband or your girlfriend, your boyfriend. You go out on a date, and then like you come home and like you you don't knock boots. Like it's like you're kind of forced to on tonight. You might not be in the mood. You might have a headache. You never know. But you're kind of forced to because it's Valentine's, and then you don't want them to like go and like go to the gym. Or your girlfriend or your wife go like meet some friends for brunch tomorrow and be like, I don't know what's up with my husband. Like we came home and he fell right asleep. It's Valentine's Day. What's he doing? So anyway, I'm sticking, I'm sticking that I think there are more Sages. There's more Sagittarians on the planet. I wish we could bet on that. If we could, I think that would. <laughs> You guys want no part of this conversation, right? None. You guys are hiding on the other side of the glass. It's okay. 
It's all right. By the way, I'm back on tomorrow from noon to three. <laughs> you guys are hilarious. All right. You read the room perfectly. Yeah, I know. You guys are like, you're not even making eye contact with me. Um, <laughs> so, again, it's NBA All-Star Weekend. Uh, I was in for Doug Kazarian earlier today on Daily Wager, and uh, Doug sat down with Legler to talk about the three-point contest, because you can wager on that, by the way. Joe Harris is favored at plus 450. Let's listen in. This is Kazarian and Legler. I want to ask you who you like. I mean, you know what it's like to to compete and win this thing. You got to be in a zone, obviously. I would yeah. imagine because you're competing against the other great yeah. three point shooters, not just just anybody else. But who do you like in this field, knowing I, knowing what it takes? I really like Duncan Robinson, and I remember seeing Duncan Robinson play at Michigan. They played Villanova in the NCAA tournament, um, and I went to the game, and I remember just watching his stroke, and I remember thinking to myself, "Man, that guy's got a beautiful stroke." Didn't know if he'd ever be in the league or what would happen. That was several years ago. Now here he is, and you know what a year he's having for Miami. He just because he shoots it so effortlessly. He doesn't jump a lot. His stroke is perfect mechanically. Um, the question is going to be, does he understand the pace of it? Because if you haven't really figured out the fact that you can't stick with it as long as normal. Doug, right. you got you got to shoot it, and by the time that ball is about halfway to the rim, you got to start reaching for the next ball. Or you're never going to have time, and you're going to find yourself on the fourth rack and time's running out, and now you're rushing, you find yourself out of rhythm. So that's one piece of advice. The other is that money ball rack. Take a little bit of extra time on those. You want to make sure you hold your follow-through because for me that year it was different. It was, it was only one money ball. It was the last ball in each rack. But look, it, I made 13 out of 15 of those over the three rounds. It basically helped me win the competition when they're worth twice as much as the other balls. Right. Might want to take a little extra time on those. But I really like his stroke. I mean, obviously Joe Harris won it last year. He's got to be somebody that you've got to look pretty strong See, at like, as well. I like Trey Young because I also like the, the, ball, the, the, the deep ball, the three-pointer. All right, here's my prediction on that. So they added, obviously, the three-point ball, which is going to be, I think, six feet deeper, right? right? On either side of the top of the key shot. Here's what, here's what I think. Guys like Trey Young, you know, Steph Curry, Lillard, guys like that, they shoot those shots, but typically they're off the dribble in a Ooh. game when they've had a rhythm and they've got a little bit of a head of steam. Right. So now I'm picturing, you know, coming off that second rack and then running back toward half court a little bit, grabbing the ball off the rack and shooting it. And going back to the top of the key and then back out there again, not off the dribble. I think it's going to disrupt the rhythm of these guys that we know have this ridiculous range. So my prediction is this. There's going to be eight shooters in the first round. So all of them are going to take two of those. 16 shots total from that spot. I say less than five are made. Again, that's uh, Tim Legler with Doug Kazarian and uh, those odds. Joe Harris is favorite at plus 450. Legler likes Duncan Robinson. He's at plus 500. And Doug said that he likes Trey Young and he's at plus 500 as well. Along with a three-point contest, well, we get the dunk contest as well. Aaron Gordon, Dwight Howard, Derek Johnson Jr. from Miami from the Miami Heat, uh, just to name a few that are going to be competing. Here's Preston Johnson on Daily Wager on who his pick is for the dunk contest. I don't have as much conviction in this one as I will later on on the show for the three-point contest, but I just have to pick Aaron Gordon, even at plus 140, and it's the worst price, so to speak. But you look back at that head-to-head he had against Zach Levine. I think most people look back at that now and admit that Aaron Gordon should have won that. It was one of the best duels we've ever seen. And so maybe you get a little bit of sympathy and love there from the voters if it comes down to it with Aaron Gordon. But when it's all said and done, like I really don't think Dwight Howard's going to be in the mix. Pat Connaughton, maybe it'll be a nice story, but it's really unlikely to see him there. Derek 
Judge of the Year could absolutely win, but if you're giving me Aaron Gordon, who's an awesome dunker, who's been there before and probably deserved a win before, a chance here, and you're getting plus 140, still, I'm going to take it. Remember, he's only 24 years old. Still, I think people think he's old just because he's been around for a while. He hasn't really panned out as an overall player as much as people expected him to. He's 24. Like, he's going to be able to do crazy stuff again. All right, Joe, you're up. Who's going to dunk themselves to victory? I can tell you it's not going to be Dwight Howard. We can eliminate him from the start. He's 34 years old, and he's got to be one of, if not the most unlikable players in the NBA this millennium. I don't know how he's going to score any votes in this contest. So I'm throwing him right out the window. I got three guys left, and I agree with Preston. I'm going to play Aaron Gordon. It's his third time in the dunk contest, so he understands everything this contest is about. He's uh, made it very clear that he's not going to participate in this again. So I think there might be, and Preston was alluding to this, a psychological factor here. He was robbed in 2016. He's been here three times before and he's making it clear this is the last shot. He really wants to win this thing as well. One other angle I'm going to throw in. 20 years ago, it's the anniversary of Vince Carter rocking the dunk contest like no one's ever rocked it before. Right behind me at the Oracle Arena in Oakland. The 20-year anniversary was just a couple days ago. I wouldn't be surprised if Gordon reached deep down into his bag of tricks because he has the athleticism to pull it off and maybe throw back with a little tribute to what Vince Carter did 20 years ago. I think that would get the crowd going. That would get the judges going. It's chalky, but I agree with Preston. I'm going to go with Aaron Gordon here at plus 140. I'm actually quite excited to see what Dwight Howard's going to remember. Remember back in the day when Dwight Howard like competed in this and he, he wore that Superman shirt and uh, had a lot of fun with it, right? Don't you remember? How old were you? Why are you laughing? How old were you when Dwight Howard competed the first time around in in the uh, slam dunk contest when he w- wore the Superman shirt? Were you still in diapers, Jacob? Uh, no, I'm trying to think right now. What year was that? <laughs> <laughs> it was years ago. Anyway, last thing I'm going to play for you from Daily Wager uh, from today is that there are new uh, win totals out for the Milwaukee Bucks and the Lakers. So Preston Johnson and Joe Fortenbaugh, well, they chimed in. Joe and Preston back with me. Preston, the Bucks win total again set at 69 and a half, but the under is juiced at minus 180. Do you see an edge there? There is an edge to the under. Now, minus 180 or minus 190, I know it's actually been moving. It's not a huge difference, but it implies that between 64 and 65.5% of the time, they have to go under just to break even. So, you know, I look at the schedule. They have the fifth hardest remaining in the entire NBA, and you look at it, I have them winning 69 or fewer games over 68% of the time. So there is a slight edge. Now, the upside is the fact that that doesn't, my model doesn't actually project how many games down the stretch. If they're the one seed, they start resting Giannis, and they start rotating rests for Middleton and other guys and if that's the case then maybe it's going to be more like you know 70 plus percent so i think it's a worthwhile edge even at minus 180 minus 190 on the price i'd go under the 69 and a half all right joe which uh, team's win total catches your eye I'm coming back for more on the Golden State under, which is at 21 and a half. In order to lose this bet, the Warriors would need to go 10 and 17 over their final 27 games. Of those 27 games, 11 come against the Lakers, the Clippers, the Rockets, the Nuggets, the Bucks, the Sixers, and the Thunder. And that's before you start to mention matchups against teams like Toronto and Indiana. In addition, 10 of their final 16 games take place on the road. And this is a team that ranks 30th currently in offensive efficiency and 
and 24th in defensive efficiency. Now, I know Steph Curry is scheduled to come back near the beginning of March. I don't see him playing 35 minutes a night every single night through the rest of the season. Everything this team has told us about since last offseason and now is pointing towards getting ready for next year. They're not going to jeopardize a high draft pick by going after it late in the season when everything's been lost. So I'm going to play under 21 and a half wins on the Golden State Warriors. All right, Preston, let's go back to you. What's your favorite win total on the board? My favorite one that I saw, my biggest edge, was the Memphis Grizzlies under 40 and a half. I have this going under over 60% of the time. This is only minus 110, so the break-even point being about 52.4%. I love it. And you look at their schedule, it's the most difficult in the NBA. That's the main reason for it. I looked out, you plan out those 28 games. I only have them a favorite or project them a favorite of over a basket in five of those 28 games. They have to go 13 and 15 against the toughest schedule in the NBA. A young Memphis team, great story. They've already overachieved. I just don't see it happening. That's to beat us here. So I'd go under the 40 and a half. Again, that's Preston Johnson and Joe Fortenball. Gentlemen, uh, right now, the Knicks are at 17 and 38. 17 wins, 38 losses. Their over, over, over under win total on the season is 24 and a half. Over is minus 110. Under is minus 110. What are you guys feeling for the Knicks for the remainder of the season? You, you think they'll win 20, you think they'll win 25 games or no? Yeah. Absolutely. I think, you know, with, you know, as many teams, especially late in the season that start phoning it in, you can kind of fall into a couple of wins by mistake. You know, eight wins is not that many. Granted, the team is not very good and eight is what half of their last, you know, full season total. They're, you know, as much as as bad as they are and as much as, you know, things have changed, they can still mistake their way into eight wins. So I, I would take the over confidently. I would take the over also. Uh, they can like slip and fall, like Joe said, into a couple of wins. Uh, they don't necessarily have to play hard, and I'll, I think the rest of the schedule is going to be a little soft on them than the first half. And also, they don't need a great record to maintain, well, a worse record to maintain their high status for the draft. So it'll work for them. All right, that's where it sits right now for the Knicks. Uh, over under twenty four and a half. So can they win uh, twenty five games by the end of the season? Uh, you could say yes for minus one ten. This is the weekend wager with Anita Marks on ninety eight point seven ESPN.